Good morning, everyone. It is Friday, and you are listening to Let's Be Real. My name is Erica. Welcome to episode 55. So we have finished up Jonah over the last five weeks. If you didn't have the opportunity to listen in and join us for that, I had a lot of fun doing it. Go back and listen to those five. They, I think, they were really good. I learned a ton and just really appreciated all of the lessons, the lessons that came alive from the book of Jonah for me. However, those were also five weeks with a lot of prep and a lot of material And it was great because most Fridays I wake up real early and I come to this microphone and I don't always have inspiration or direction or an idea. And for five weeks I did because I knew where I was going because of Jonah. But all week I've been like, what am I doing this week? What am I talking about this week? God always gives me something, um, but it is interesting the mind games that I play with myself over the course of the week is I'm trying to come up with something it's been a very interesting week. It's been kind of a roller coaster. It starts started out with, you know, just some spiritual challenge and conviction and evaluation of my own heart, like up and down. And it's always good. It always ends well coming out with God on the other side of just being refreshed and renewed, of wrestling with some of these difficult things in him, growing you and challenging you and showing you things about yourself that either you already knew and needed reminding or something new. This was a good reminder. Then, you know, feeling good, having a good couple days, and then it gets crazy again. Yesterday was a very long week. (laughs) At least that's how it has felt. And in the midst of yesterday, just all of these thoughts and these feelings of, I can't believe this, and people say this, and are we hypocrites because of this, and what's going on, and what do I think, and what do I do, and just the way that your brain can swirl and not stop. And this morning I got up going, so there's so many things I could talk about. There's so much real life stuff happening this week. I'm like, I should start Soapbox Saturdays. Like I can just get up and talk and share all the things that are going on in my head. I've got a microphone. I'm going to use it. And I'm kind of like, well... Yeah, that's not exactly the point of this podcast and being here. It doesn't necessarily feel like that's what God has called me to do, but to encourage all of us as believers to be honest and humble in our faith and who we are, to grow more in God through those reminders and those convictions that he gives us, and because of the things that go on in the world around us. He uses all of those things to point us back to him. So last night when my husband's like, so what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to go to bed praying, God, you need to give me what you want for me by the time I get up in the morning. And I get up this morning and I get the girls on the bus and I'm making coffee and I'm praying out loud as I'm doing it. And I heard my prayer out loud to God say back to me, but God, I just know I've been worried about many things. And it was kind of like the elbow nudge in the gut, like, hey, there, that's where you're going. I was like, oh, yes. The story of Mary and Martha. Don't we all love it? (laughs) It has been, uh, I'm not going to say a constant, but a frequent reminder, a frequent message spoken into my life. It's been talks that I have done about the story of Mary and Martha found in Luke 10. There are 
countless devotions on Mary and Martha. There's a book, Being a Mary in a Martha World. There's like, Martha kind of gets a bad rap. And yet, I identify most with Martha. There's a quiz, you guys. There's a quiz online that you can take to find out if you're more of a Mary or more of a Martha. I'm not sure if we need a quiz or to know how to label ourselves, <laughs> but I took it years and years ago, and I remember the very first question being something along the lines. Do you need to have a radio on in the background just to have background noise? I was like, oh, I already failed. <laughs> of course they do. Martha, check. And I was reading a devotion quickly this morning, kind of about Mary and Martha, and I was being judgmental when I saw that it was written by a young man. I was like, oh, what is he going to say about Mary and Martha? <laughs> I'm like, what is going to be his great insight? And it was good. It was really good. He's like, Martha gets a bad rap. He said, let's look at Martha a little bit and takes you through other scriptures where you see Martha as a servant. And she's just serving Jesus. You see her in John when Lazarus is sitting at the table with Jesus and eating. And this is where Mary pours the perfume on Jesus's feet and wipes it on with her hair. You see Martha there serving. She is a servant. That's where we see her in Luke 10 when she gets a little frustrated that Mary's not helping. She is serving, and she is serving hard. She is a woman of hospitality. She has a love language of service. I so relate to that. That is totally my primary love language. It's out of service. If you want to know how I care or feel about you, it's whether or not I ever offer or do anything for you or serve, like, that's how I give and for the most part how I receive, but not always. Mary's love language is simply very different. She's probably more of the quality time person. Are you guys are familiar with the five love languages book, Gary Chapman? We primarily receive love in one way and give love in one way. They can be the same, giving and receiving, or they can be different. And there's five categories that those neatly fit into. Quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, and physical touch. It's been very helpful in my marriage to understand my spouse's love language and then realize, oh my gosh, it's nothing like mine. <laughs> the challenge, the struggle is real in learning to love someone the way that they feel loved. Can I get an amen? Anybody else? There is a five love languages for children book that when my kids were little, I read three times. Super insightful. Again, by Dr. Gary Chapman. If you haven't read them, maybe we'll do a podcast on those in the future. Eh, no, never mind. Read the book. Read the books. They're so worth it. But Mary has the servant's heart. We also see her as just a woman of hope. You see her coming to Jesus after Lazarus had died. Like, if you had been here, I know you could have saved him. And I know that God will give what you ask. Like, she had faith and she had hope in her Lord. In the story that I'm referring to, the but I have worried about many things in Luke 10, is where we see Mary and Martha welcoming Jesus and his disciples and possibly even more into their home on a whim, like on a surprise, like, oh, you're in town? Come stay here. Like, not really advanced notice. So I don't know if it would stress you out to bring 12 hungry men 
13, however many were actually there, into your home, would you have food? <laughs> actually, I have friends that I'm picturing in my head that are like, yes, they would have food. Like, they're always prepared. Closet's full. I may be like, ooh, what can I whip up? What do I, what do I have? Right? Your brain starts spinning. You get active. You get moving. You get figuring it out. You, it's the tangible way, especially for a servant heart, to figure out, okay, what do I do for you? You're here. You're probably hungry. Get into work mode. She's working. She's working. She's getting meals ready. She would probably also be preparing the house for them to stay overnight. Beds. I don't know. I don't know that I'd be able to sleep 12. Maybe they would sleep up on the roof. I don't know. But you, I'm painting the picture here so that you can understand and possibly relate to the amount of brain activity and multitasking and kind of this chaotic but excited to do it sort of mentality. Party planner, if you will. And in the meantime, she's looking the side eye over at her sister who has sat down in the room with Jesus and all the other men to listen to him teach. And she gets irritated that she goes to Jesus like, hey, Do you not see what's happening here? Do you see my sister not helping me? Do you think that's okay? Tell her to get up and to help me. I know we can all relate to that. (laughs) Every last one of us. It's very easy to fall into this, hey, I made this decision. This is what I think we're supposed to be doing right now, and you're not coming alongside me and helping and doing it. I mean, if we're honest... It's kind of having these expectations on somebody else, right? And then getting mad at them for them not meeting the expectation that we have, which they should know that we have, even though it's still in our head and we haven't said it out loud. And Jesus never scolded Martha. He never told her, hey, stop doing all that work. Hey, come sit here like your sister is sitting here. He recognizes what she's doing. He knows what she's doing. He knows that she's serving, and it's this necessary thing. It's not, she's not doing anything wrong. She's actually doing something very, very good. But then it turns to this, hey, but you're not. Hey, but Mary's not. Hey, Jesus, make her do what I want her to do, what I need help with. And again, he still doesn't scold her, but kind of this gentle, like, Martha, you are worried about many things. Mary has chosen what is good, what is better. Like, this is a better thing right now. This lesson, this picture, this prayer that I said this morning and that God reminded me of, like, hey, you're worried about many things. You need to choose better. And that isn't that those other things don't need to be done. That isn't that they don't need attention It's about the priorities that you have in every moment. It's have you sat, have you come before me? Have you rested in me, Martha? Sit at my feet and be filled with God, with God's word, with encouragement and refreshment. Because you know what? All that other stuff is only going to be about all that other stuff. If you're not filled with me first, if the why you're doing it isn't at the core of your heart, if it's not your constant perspective and aim, it's just going to be 
about the stuff, about getting it done, about being dutiful. I operate well under duty. I just do. It makes sense to me. My brain accepts it. There's never any sort of feeling of obligation or guilt. It's just what it is. Like, no, this is what I got to do. And I'm happy to do it because it keeps me doing. (laughs) And that's where, I don't know, I feel productive or filled or I'm not real good at sitting around. <laughs> my, I think I've shared this on the podcast before. If I sit down or grab a book, my husband and my kids look at me and they have multiple times placed bets on how long I was going to sit there. And I'm like, oh, excuse me, I'm offended. And they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. Because I, I know, I know this about me. It is more of a challenge for me to sit and to be still and to refocus my priorities. And that number one priority needs to be then to refocus and recommit and surrender my heart to the Lord, to the power of his gospel, to his will and his working every single day. That's hard for me. I don't do it every day. It's very easy to paint a picture of people. I have done it to lots. I could probably start listing all of the people. I'm like, oh, I bet their kitchen looks like this. And I bet they have coffee and they sit over here and that they're in their Bible and the word every single day. I bet they don't miss a day. And I bet they have multiple books of the Bible memorized that they can recite at a moment's notice. Like I've painted all these pictures of, oh, everybody else is probably so good at this. (laughs) the lie of the devil that I believe often in my head. Erica, you fail at this. Why is it so hard for you to just continually refocus and come before the Lord? Especially because you know your day is better when when you do it. Especially because you know what it feels like to be in an intimate relationship with the Lord and walk with him throughout the day, that even when the days are hard, they just go better. Like, you know all of that, and yet you still can't do it. At least not every day. That was not yesterday. (laughs) Let me tell you. And yet in the midst of it, he meets me, and he finds me, and he reminds me, hey, I'm here. Walk through this with you in peace. Do what is better. You are worried about many things. It's this heart condition. It's always about the heart condition. Jesus is after our hearts always, and we give it away so quickly and easily. Our focus, our attention, our energy to other things. We can go and be busy about doing many things with our heart still doing what is better. And that is my goal, my encouragement, and my challenge for me today, because I know it's going to be another tough day. I know it's coming today, but I know that I need to have the right perspective that I need to sit before the Lord, that I need to crack open the sacred scripture, that I need to read to hear his words, that I need to pray and that I need to be still, to refocus, to shift my perspective and to keep my heart where it's supposed to be. Stop giving it away to all the things throughout the day, but to keep it where it needs to be. And oh Lord, we need your help to do that. Jesus, we ask you for continual encouragement and reminders. And Lord, if possible, (laughs) in these gentle, lovely ways, will you call us and draw us back to you? I know that sometimes 
it takes bigger, harder things. And in the midst of those, God, we pray that we're able to quickly turn back to you, to shove, to make that turn in our relationship, in our perspective, in our heart condition, in our thought process, in our priorities, in our decision-making. Lord, let the power of your gospel, of your love for us, of your commitment to us each and every day, let it be permeating in all of our choices, our decisions, and all of the things that we do say act in the things, Lord, that we think. Help us today lean into you. Help us to remember that all the many things aren't necessarily bad, but that, Lord, we must come before you so that we can do this life with your heart and your priorities and your perspective for others and all of those around us. Lord, help us point people back to you. We pray these things, Jesus, begging and asking for your help in this because it can be so hard. We ask these in your sweet and holy name, Jesus. Amen.